0: Welcome to H2Tech Talk, the web's most sustainable podcast and your premier destination for expert insights into the global hydrogen sector. Dive into our informative series as we explore the latest advancements, news, and trends in the realm of sustainable energy. H2Tech is a leading source of up to date, compelling discussions around hydrogen technology. Don't forget to subscribe and share to stay connected with the world of hydrogen innovation and sustainable solutions. Now, here's this week's episode.
1: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another installment of H2 Tech Talk. Today, we are live at the Hydrogen America Summit in Washington, D.C. I am joined by John Harmon, um, Technology Delivery Director for uh, Ceres. how are you doing today John? Um, I'm very well thanks yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, I just saw your presentation not too long ago. Sure. Um, how about you start by telling those who were not able to make it to DC a, a little bit about it.
0: Yeah of course. So I wanted to give the, the audience here a, an overview of, of Ceres as a, as a business but also of our solid oxide technology and and kind of how that's differentiated uh, to other technologies in the market, but also, yeah, just a bit of background about Ceres, where it's come from, what our, what our business model is, and, and how the technology can be used to really drive uh, decarbonization in, uh, in, in industry going forward through, through green hydrogen production. All right, um, so g-
1: how about you give us a little bit, I mean, the cliff notes, what, yeah. what's, or actually, let me ask you,
0: why, uh, solid oxide electrolysis in the first place? Sure, sure, Good, great question. So, um, so solid oxides, fuel cells and, and electrolyzers um, generally operate at a high temperature. Um, so, the more kind of conventional solid oxide technologies kind of operate up about, so it's 750, up to 900 C. Um, so really hot, so, so you're feeding in not liquid water at that temperature, obviously you're feeding in steam um, but because of that temperature, because you're feeding in steam, you're getting a really high conversion efficiency. And it really drives down the power consumption to generate a kilogram of, of, of hydrogen. And it generally it's about 25% less power consumption um, than low temperature electrolyzers like PEM or alkaline. Um, so that's, that, that's what it's all about. It gives you that really high efficiency, um, which drives down the cost of production of hydrogen. So the heat somehow accelerates or or makes uh, the process a lot more, um, I guess, efficient. Yeah, so so solid oxide technology is really well suited to industrial processes that already have some heat available. Um, So processes like steel manufacturing or industrial chemical manufacturing or ammonia production, um, generally they're exothermic processes, so they generate heat normally quite low grade heat and, and normally that heat is just sent to a, a cooling tower there's not much done with that heat so if you can use some of that heat to raise steam and then feed that steam into an electrolyzer at, at the point of use at, on site then you can really lower the cost of hydrogen production and use that hydrogen to decarbonize the the steel production for example or or the ammonia production or the the, the industrial chemical so so that's the sweet spot really that we see it for, for solid oxide electrolysis, it's kind of that, that industrial decarbonization in, in process integration with, with heat streams. Got it. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned steel and that's, I mean, very, steel
1: is largely considered very hard to decarbonize yeah, industry. Yeah. So is that yeah. one of your main
0: goals, that um, uh, directions? Yeah, sure. I think, I think um, you're right. I mean, where you can electrify processes, or, or, or you know, you should do, right? Um, so where you can use electricity to decarbonize, that's absolutely the first step in the process, right? But where you can't, and there's, there's, there's lots of processes which you just can't, you need molecules, and you're going to need green molecules to, to do that. Um, and I think, you know, s- steel is a is a great kind of process to go after. They're really looking to decarbonize. Um, green steel is going to be at a premium, um, so if, you, if you, you're trying to decarbonize the, the input hydrogen, you're going to have to pay a bit more for that green hydrogen. Um, but if you've got a really highly efficient technology which can drive down the, the cost of that green hydrogen, then you're onto a winner. So, so that's a, that's certainly an area which we're we're looking at um, for for solid oxide electrolysis technology is, is steel. Similar thing for for uh, ammonia production. I think there's a, and e fuels in general. So. Um, As we know, hydrogen um, uh, is—it's got fairly low volumetric energy density, right? So if you want to move it around, you you have to compress it um, or liquefy it. Um, That takes quite a lot of energy, and then moving it from one place to another is—you know—it starts to come off your bottom line. So so, yeah, (laughs) if you can make more complex molecules like ammonia, for example, um, that's got a higher energy density, Um, and and again, you can use solid oxide electrolysis to. to make make the hydrogen to go into the the, the the ammonia production system and then the ammonia production is exothermic as well so again you can use some of that waste heat to generate steam to lower the production cost of, of ammonia interesting okay.
1: okay all right that's fair enough so how about the fuel cell side of it
0: yeah sure so um so solid ops, that's where we started actually, so, so the, the, the technology was in originally developed for, for fuel cell operation. Um, and the unique thing about this, the Ceres technology is that it, it's been designed so it can operate at a temperature low enough that the cell can be printed onto a stainless steel substrate. Okay. Because other technologies, the really high temperature of operation, they're, f- they're, f- they're fully ceramic cells, so they're really quite expensive and they're really quite fragile. Um, and you've got to warm them up very carefully and you can't shut them down quickly and they're not tolerant to, to emergency stops. So, so the unique thing about the Ceres technology is that it's got an electrolyte which can operate at, down at 500 to 600 C, which means you can print the cell on stainless steel, um, which really drives down the cost of, of, of that and makes it very manufacturable as well. So. Um, you, you can handle basically you 're handling steel coupons on a, on a on a high volume manufacturing process line so um, and that 's really where we first started applying the technology in in stationary power generation it, it's it 's really quite high highly efficient so you can generate electricity at at kind of sixty percent plus conversion efficiency um, so the the partnerships we've got currently so we're, we're a technology licensing business we don't make products right we, we license the technology a bit like intel and, and those arm um, and those kind of companies that's kind of our, our business model there um so um so that's where the the, the products are in, or the technology is being used initially is in in distributed um power generation and, and, and grid reinforcement um plants uh, and modules um and we've got the likes of uh, bosch making them in Germany and put, putting the technology into their products. Um, and um, and that's where we started really, the electrolyzer program has been going for about three years now. Um, but the really compelling thing about solid oxide, you can use the same, the same cell and stack pretty much, and it can operate in, in both modes. It can operate in fuel cell mode, but also electrolysis mode, without any real design changes or changes in materials um so if you've you 've taken a license to 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 make the fuel cells in a factory um, then actually you can use that same factory to make the cells for electrolysis applications as well so it 's kind of quite, it's quite a compelling business model and and you know if if companies are looking to uh, to, to have an out of the box technology which they can use in pro- their products but also use in their factories then kind of Sarah's, really supports that because all the hard work's been done all the i mean we've been developing this thing for 20 plus years you know um so all the blood sweat and tears have gone into developing the the product the the technology um but now it's ready to go and if people are wanting to build this this technology make products with it then you know it's ready ready to rock so where are some of um what
1: areas have, I guess, uh, Sarah seen the most, uh, I guess, partnerships, the most growth, where where sure. are you seeing the most business?
0: Um, so uh, traditionally it's been, it's been the Far East actually, there's been a, a lot of interest always in, in fuel cells there and, you know, going back years really. And I think that's in part due to the fact that, um, you know, there's no natural gas resources, you know, in, in, in Japan and in, in Korea, everything has to be imported. So so technologies which use, the, you know, um, any imported resources in a really efficient manner have always been quite attractive. Um, so fuel cell systems have always, you know, I think that's really been the, the was the initial fo- focus for us was J- Japan, South Korea. Um, but over recent years, um, I, I think in in Europe, and certainly, I mean, let's think about why why Bosch were interested. I, I think they were really looking at the demise of the. Internal combustion industry, certainly diesel engines, um, uh, and they were looking at well, what other technologies are coming, are coming to the fore. You know, they can use their existing capabilities and existing factories to maybe pivot those factories to make fuel cells instead of, you know, what they were making before, which was kind of exhaust lambda sensors, which are similar in in terms of you know the the, the processes involved in, in, in making that technology. So I think that drove a lot of interest, and it is driving a lot of interest. As a lot of companies are now pivoting away from ICE technologies and and looking to hydrogen fuel cell technologies as well. Um, but yeah, I mean our our thoughts now are, are turning to to the US. I mean I think the 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 context, the the kind of environment here in terms of the you know the IRA and the legislative environment is really supportive now of, of doing business in in the states. So we're certainly. We're, 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 you know, looking across the Atlantic now to see what opportunities are here.
1: Fair enough. Uh, and to wait to touch on something you, you just said a minute ago. I mean, do you think it's an easy pivot to go from you know uh,
0: manufacturing internal combustion engines to fuel cells? I, it, it, the particular component. So they were, it was um, they were making lambda sensors, which okay. are effectively. Small square—they're small fuel cells, really. I mean, so they're measuring the oxygen content in the in the exhaust, but they are—you know they're ceramic printed on steel um, manufacturing technology, which is exactly what our our technology is. So, so actually, that, that was a a relatively easy transformation to go from making lambda sensors for diesel engines to fuel cells for energy production. Okay, it's really interesting all right so now that you're you said you have
1: your eyes focused or uh your direction set towards the us yeah across the atlantic how do you how has the ira influenced that decision
0: yeah well look, look i think i think the conditions now are really favorable for for, for projects um now we are you know the, the, the solid oxide technology isn't as mature as um as alkaline or or pem right so um but that said, uh, you, you know, the, the t- we, we believe the technology is ready to scale and commercialize. I mean, it's been commercialized in fuel cell mode. Um, so really, we'd be, we'd be looking um, to take advantage of these really favorable conditions and find partners who want to make this technology here in the U.S. and, and deploy it into, into projects. Initially, I, I, you know, it would be pilot projects. So we'd be looking, I mean, we've got one megawatt demonstrators, tech demonstrators for electrolysis currently up and running. Um, the next step would be a commercial pilot, so kind of the 10-10 megawatt, 10 to 20 megawatt commercial pilot. Um, but that's not an insignificant investment. And, but you know, it would be a great first step to find partners in the U.S. who want to, you know, build the technology and, and find um, some initial projects where we can kind of maybe do some industrial process integration at a at a at a, pro- you know, at a project in the U.S. And that that would be that's sort of where we're looking to do really. What do you think is holding companies back from? This? I don't think there's. I mean, uh, it's really just it, it's just an initial, just in strategy for us. Really, I mean, it's uh, you know I don't think anything in particular. Um, I mean, of course, people want to see the demo systems running. I, I think that's kind of. <laughs> You know, we're yeah. saying, okay, we've got this technology, we're, we're doing a megawatt demonstration. I think if I was going to invest to the next step, I'd want to see some results from that. But th- those, those results are, I mean, we're literally about to start those demos up. So those results are going to start coming in over the next six months or so. So I think, you know, okay. it's all about sharing risk as well. I mean, you're not going to commission a, you know, a hundred hundreds of megawatt plant using solid oxide now, of course, you know. Um, but I, I think the next step, could be done um, in partnership, you know, as a consortium, sharing the risk, um, you know, minimizing the exposure, using the, using the results from the evaluation projects to feed into that. So, you know, I, I think the conditions, as I said before, the conditions are now looking really favorable.
1: Yeah. I guess it's always going to be risk involved.
0: In yeah, the of course. Fun, yeah. You know, yeah. unavoidable. Yeah. I um, mean, you just got to balance the upside. You know, the upside is really high efficiency, really low production costs um, versus, uh, you know, it's new technology, there's always going to be, but you're going to learn and like all these things that, you know, sometimes you just got to build the thing and then resolve the problems and move on, you know, you've got, you've got to get on that journey. That's true. The hardest, yeah, is
1: just got to start. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. It, right? uh, so, where do you see the technology scale and where do you see it in like five years from now?
0: In five years. So I, I think in five years, we will be well into those pi- those commercial pilot projects. Um, so, you know, we, we will have run the, 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 the megawatt class demos they have been, been running for three years. So we'll have a huge amount of reliability data on, on that. We will have released optimized cell and stack products, reference designs for electrolysis mode um, within that time frame. Um, we'll, yeah, I mean we'll have like tens of megawatt scale commercial pilots up and running by that point, and I would hope that you know um, people will then be looking to scale up to the hundred megawatt plant. So you know, feed studies going on in in that regard. So um, so all being well, I you know I, c- I can see the solid oxide technology really getting up to commercial scale at 100 megawatts by you know, towards the end of the decade, that kind of time frame, yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent, yeah. all right. Yeah,
1: Sounds promising.
0: Sure, yeah. Um,
1: okay, John, I mean, is
0: there,
1: is there anything else before I let you go that you wanted to, um,
0: you know, any closing thoughts, takeaways? No, I mean, it's been great having a, a catch-up, certainly straight after the, the presentation here at... at um, at the, the Hydrogen Summit Americas. And no, thanks very much. It's been great talking. Thank you for,
1: yeah, thank you for taking some time. I, sure. I really appreciate that. And You're welcome back anytime, by thanks the way. Thanks for having Thank you. All right. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another installment of H2 Tech Talk. Please remember to share and subscribe.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe and share to stay connected with the world of hydrogen innovation and sustainable solutions. Email your comments, questions, and suggestions to tyler.campbell at gulfenergyinfo.com.